1: Inter Milan look for three precious points against Real Madrid. Man City looking to book their place in the knockout stages. Liverpool face Atalanta. Ajax face Michelin Bayern Munich against RB Salzburg and much more as we preview Wednesday's action. We got Jimmy Conrad with our betting tips and, of course, Jane's Bench to join the show, which begins right now. Welcome everybody, Wednesday Champions League preview. And of course, I can't do this without my best man, my brother, Jimmy Conrad. Jimmy C, I'm feeling the Marseille shirt. How are you, bud?
2: I'm doing well, que tal hermano. Uh, I tried my Spanish there, it didn't work out so well. I always get shy when I try to speak Spanish. I'm trying to learn it, Luis. And uh, when when it comes to the big moment to say something, I'm like, "Ah, I'm gonna probably make a mistake and then I'm ashamed.
1: No, don't be ashamed. I <laughs> want it. Me and you will get to it. Forget to, we'll a get to it. We'll get to Me and you will get to it. All right, Jimmy, good to have you, brother. Uh, you. James Bench will join us uh, later on to really give us all the analysis, everybody, on Wednesday's action. But uh, we always begin, obviously, with that easy, easy money. Pie. Jimmy, what you got for us for Wednesday? Because <laughs> there's a lot of good games.
2: There's a lot of good games, a lot of good value on William Hill. The, the one that I'm looking at, Robert Lewandowski, the score. Obviously, we can make a strong argument he's the best player in the world at the moment. Bayern to win, and both teams to score. RB Salzburg does know how to score a lot of goals. They lost 6-2 to the last time they played on match day three. That's plus 150, so Lewandowski to score, Bayern to win, both teams to score. I like that one a lot. Uh, Bobby Firmino to score any time, plus 160. Liverpool taking out Analata. Mo Salah is supposed to be back on the team as well. Maybe Firmino drops into that 10 spot because obviously they have some injuries elsewhere. Firmino just scored on the weekend. I think his confidence is going to be good. I like that value a lot. Then we're going to go to Romelu Lukaku. This is called the Jimmy special, everybody. I picked somebody to score. Both teams to score and enter to win. I know that uh, Lewandowski was kind of part of the Jimmy special too, but I like this value a little bit better. So Lukaku to score against Real Madrid. Both teams to score and enter to win is plus 400. I like he's. I've done this twice with Lukaku before, and he's never let me down. So I don't know if third time's a charm or third time's more, it's going to get unlucky. I don't know, but I like Lukaku. He was big time against Torino this past weekend. I think he's going to be up for it. And then for my parlay, I like adding a little parlay for you guys. If you have Inter Milan to beat Real Madrid, and this is the tricky one, that's why I'm wearing this kit right now Marseille to beat Porto. If you have those two in a parlay, it's plus 513. Now, you can already tell, I think Inter's going to do the business against Madrid, who are a little bit all over the place. And, and I think without Sergio Ramos, I think Inter's going to do the business. Lukaku's gonna, I already already went through that. But Marseille have yet to score a goal in the group stages. Three games, no goals. Porto slapped them around last time, 3-0. I think they're going to be up for some redemption. I think they have some pride on the line. And I think A.V.B. Andres Villas-Boas, the manager for Marseille, his job is on the line, too. They need to win this game, especially at home. And I think they're going to be up for the challenge. I like that value, plus 513.
1: I love all of these. Uh, I have a few special ones. If you were to pick one that you were like, listen, this is the one. Is there one in particular? Are you happy with all of them? Is there one? Because I'm looking at the Liverpool-Atalanta one, and I think to your point about Firmino feeling confident, I wonder what the odds would even be because I feel, I don't know why, but I feel like Atalanta is going to steal a draw
2: here. Maybe. So, so my, the one that I feel the best about, I mean, there's three certainties in life, right? Death, taxes, and Robert Lewandowski scoring. So, you know, I like that one. Bayern's definitely going to beat RB Salzburg, even though Salzburg needs to get something out of this. I just feel like with a team like Salzburg, Jesse Marsh, who we know and love, right? American managing over in Austria. He has his teams go for it. They don't sit back. And I love that about his teams. However, when you play a team like Bayern, they've got so much quality like they did last time. If you remember in match day three, Salzburg was up 2-1. Then all of a sudden, Bayern turned it up a little bit and they scored five goals to win six to two. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this one. I-, I think plus 150 is probably the easiest of the easy money. That would be my number one bet for sure.
1: Yeah, there you have it. I think you said it right there. Robert Lewandowski will score. Bayern Munich will win and just take the journey from then on. Jimmy Conrad with his easy money bets. Jimmy staying right here, you stay right here, because after this, James Benge will join and we will really break it down as Wednesday kicks off in the Champions League. Welcome back everybody, Jimmy Conrad is still with us and we welcome, man, I feel like it's been so long, James Benj to the show once again. Benji Benj, how are you, bud?
3: Oh, it's so good to be back. Um... I mean, you're not the only person who feels like you haven't seen me in ages. I got PS5, so no one has seen me. <laughs>
1: just... You have PS5? Oh, man! Oh. No, no, no. oh, I hate you.
2: Yeah. Can we get Benj off the show? I don't know if I want him on the show anymore.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> He's out. He's out. Go back to your PS5. Exactly.
1: Well, you... oh, how is it?
2: Oh, man.
3: It's so good. It's I'm playing the Spider-Man game. I don't know if you, any of you played the original. It is... Just flying around New York for is it's just the coolest thing. I imagine it's just what your life is like, Luis. (laughs) It's the same difference, really, isn't it?
1: (laughs) It's basically a Peruvian Spider Man, not doing absolutely amazing. James Bench, welcome to the show. Jimmy Conrad has started us off with his beautiful, easy money bets. But Wednesday, we begin with. Really, I feel a much needed uh, victory that uh, Inter needs as they face Real Madrid. When we look at Group B, Real Madrid actually is in third place, Inter Milan in fourth. So no matter what, one of these people need this win. Uh, We had Jimmy talk about it from Easy Bits. James, let's begin with you. Inter Milan, they need this win, right? I mean, it's a big one against Real Madrid. How do you see it?
3: It's encouraging that. Pretty much all their attack is clicking at the moment. Alexis Sanchez had a really good game um, at the weekend. So I did Lukaku. We know Lukaku will have a really good game. And Lautaro as well. And this is... I mean, every time you think, well, this is a, a tough game for Real Madrid, this is the game where it all goes wrong, they, they prove you wrong. But no Sergio Ramos against that attack. You have to look at it and think, this is the right time for Inter to be playing this team. I don't know if that's enough because... You know the the thing with Real Madrid, and it it feels like lazy analysis. It feels redundant, but it's true. They they drag these things out of the bag whenever you think this is the worst time to play Real Madrid. They put a performance in that that makes you wonder why you doubted them in the first place. But that the defense hasn't been good enough anyway. And you take away its cornerstone, Varane is is not the same defender when you put him uh, next to anyone but Ramos. And I I look at this and I think I think it's Inter's to win. I think it's such a hard, it's so hard to call this game so hard.
1: Yeah, it's very hard especially when you think about the injuries that Real Madrid has but again Inter Milan has not looked 100%. Jimmy, you talked about it from an easy money perspective. Uh what do you see here from an analysis point of view?
2: Well, I agree with Bench. I, I think that uh, Madrid are somehow cagey enough to to know how to have success in this competition they've obviously proven that winning more trophies than anybody else uh but i will say that without sergio ramos and maybe even more importantly no casemiro uh, and no and no Fede valverde so you're gonna have cruz in the middle of midfield you have modric and you got two guys that listen we all know and love and we think they're fantastic players but are they covering the same amount of ground as Valverde and Casemiro, no, they're not. And they're not going to be able to protect that back four. I think Romelu Lukaku, uh, Letaro and this reemergence, this renaissance of Alexis Sanchez, who seems to pop his head up out of the water and say, hey, I'm still a good player every once in a while. Uh, you know, it's nice. It's nice to see him kind of have some fun. He looks like he's actually having fun out there. What I really liked, if, if anybody didn't catch the Inter Milan-Torino game this past weekend, Inter were down 2-0. And then all of a sudden, we've seen this with some of the other top clubs, Bayern Munich in particular against RB Salzburg in the last Champions League match day. They turn it on. All of a sudden, they're going to just suffocate the other team with this high pressure. Torino couldn't handle it. RB Salzburg couldn't handle it against Bayern Munich. And then they scored four goals in like 20 minutes and the game was over. And and I think we can see something similar with with Real Madrid, who, who are just, they're not the same team at the moment. Benzema's not been 100%. Eden Hazard still can't. He's like the new Alexis Sanchez. You're like, what happened to this guy? He used to be a really talented player. So I think Inter Milan can take advantage of it. I think they're in a good run of form. And because of those no CDMs, I think there's going to be some pockets in front of that back four that Inter can really take advantage of.
1: Well, staying in group B, you know, we talk about these giants of European football, but really it's Gladback that actually is leading the group and they host Shakhtar Donetsk. And in match day three, they absolutely just destroyed them six nothing you would imagine you know despite the break that that would be a similar narrative jimmy when you look at gladbach looking to continue to stay top of group b i
2: mean gladbach's got to be kicking themselves that they only have 5 points at the top of the group because they dropped leads in their first two match days to inter milan and real madrid they had it and then you know really late in each game they gave up some goals and now they they dropped 4 points they should have nine i'll be honest bruce munchen gladbach should have nine and they should be in complete complete control of this group but I think they showed their quality against Shakhtar Donetsk in match day three. In Ukraine, by the way, which is no easy feat. They scored uh, six goals, as you mentioned. Alisson Playa was the big star. He had a hat trick and an assist in that one. He's out for this game. And I think that makes Munch and Gladbach a little bit different. Maybe a little bit more predictable in the attack. But you got Marcus Teram. You got Lars Stindl in there. Kind of running point behind the top. And I still think they have enough quality. Shakhtar seems a little uneven. And despite them having some names and obviously having success in Europe, I just don't see them getting past much in Gladbach in Germany.
1: Bench, do you concur? Can Shakhtar maybe do something here, or is this just a win for Gladbach?
2: I really, really like what I saw from from
3: Shakhtar in the in the earlier games in the group, and there's some there's some really good players. I mean, we know what is about is that merging of a Ukrainian solid defence with a with a you know that Brazilian flair at wide, and I think I think Tyson's available. Um, and he's fantastic. He's been great for years. I really like the um, the winger Tete as well. Having said that, if you've lost 6-0, there's clearly like, there's clearly a, a huge gulf, and I think we're probably not quite giving Gladbach the respect they deserve, because it just sort of, you know, the, the fourth team from Germany, and uh, we all sort of thought, oh, there'll be, a, you know, the, the Europa League entrance, but they've been, you know, yes, they're given up points but they've been better in every single one of their games in the group stage so far this season. And I look at this and I kind of think they're probably the the most likely qualifiers. Um yeah no as you, as Jimmy says no. Um who, no player but Marcus Turam was great on international duty as well. Um I really like that team. I think they'll do enough um to not enough tomorrow and then everything's in their hands, isn't it? I think they'll get the points they need to to get out of the group.
1: Yeah, and it's a really tight group. Gladback with five points, Shakhtar Donetsk, four. Real Madrid as well, but a different goal, uh, goal difference. Inter Milan trailing with two points. Let's move over to Group D. Group D, Liverpool leading the way with nine points. Ajax, I'm wearing the shirt, by the way, that Edwin van der Sar gave me. Wow! So you know, wow! Look, yeah. at, look
2: at him flexing on his bench. You know, you know I mean, like- Actually, actually, Benj is flexing with the PS Five. You're flexing with these, you know, handcrafted <laughs> goods made by Edwin Vandasar, and I, I've just got this hand-me-down Marseille kit on. So
1: you tackled Lionel Messi, couple America. You win every single. <laughs> Thank day. you for
2: bringing that up, Louise. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it.
1: Liverpool with, is leading the group with nine points. Ajax with four, as well as Atalanta. But uh, you know uh. A lower goal difference, minus one. Michelin, obviously, with no points, no wins, three straight losses. Uh, You would think that the narrative would be similar as we look into match day four. James Bench, Liverpool wins this one. They're in the knockout stage. I don't know why. I told this to Jimmy earlier in the podcast. I feel like Atalanta will steal a point. How do you see it?
3: Not a chance. (laughs) (laughs) This Liverpool team, my God. They are not. They are as good as I've ever seen them. Against Leicester, what was so impressive was this was the you know this was the worst possible opponent. This was Jamie Vardy against Fabinho, who's not the quickest and has a dodgy thigh, and they just were like, no, we're going to absolutely throttle you. You're not having the ball. Fabinho, his first fifty passes all found their man. They, they, we do not talk enough about how Fabinho is one of the best players in the world. This guy is. A phenomenon, and I think you know that defense will be absolutely fine with him there. And then going forward, man, Firmino he's starting to get in those positions again. And we all joke about how many chances he needs, but he will, you know, he will score plenty this season. Jota, uh, Salah for uh Salah and Salah's back. That's not uh-huh. Firmino, uh, Mane Jota. That is a phenomenal front line. I know there's all these injuries adding up, but I still look at this team and I think they're the best team in England. They may well be the best team in Europe in footballing terms. Um, I I don't think Atlanta, Atlanta will get absolutely pummeled like they did um, at home, but I do think they don't really have much of a chance. And I'm well aware I could look a complete idiot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the only thing that I would argue is maybe Bayern Munich has something to say about the best team in Europe. But yes, Liverpool, I like I said uh, to Jimmy and Heath uh, right after the Leicester game, it was the best performance I've seen them do this whole season. Jimmy... Liverpool, Atalanta, you talked a little bit about it. You actually did mention as well, concurring with James Bench about uh, Bobby Firmino, feeling confident getting that goal. Now, just you know, just the embarrassment of riches that Jurgen Klopp has. But, you know, sometimes weird things happen. Uh, how do you see this one? Straightforward three points for Liverpool? Or can Atalanta do something?
2: I, I think Atalanta can do something. They're a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team, especially domestically. Like I don't know what's going on with them this past weekend. They drew 0-0 against a team that just got promoted. Uh, that's the first time they've had a zero-zero result in over a year. So they didn't
1: concede a goal, though. <laughs> that,
2: well, that I guess there's something in that, but they they shouldn't concede a goal against a team that just got promoted. So I don't really know what to make of this team. Obviously, they have game changers with Papu Gomez, who we've uh, fawned over on this podcast, mm-hmm. and will continue to do so. They're number ten, Duvan Zapata. We're we're also big fans of. You can quiet those guys, though, and I think they maybe have lacked some of that. I don't know that that uh, urgency let's say in all areas. They used to be able to beat you in so many different ways and now I feel like their game has become a little bit more predictable. So I don't know what Atalanta team's going to show up and that makes me a little bit nervous from a wagering perspective, but to Benja's point, you know, that front four from Liverpool is is excellent especially the game being at Anfield. I don't see Liverpool uh, losing this game. I think the one problem, and this is a great problem to have, is that because Diogo Jota has been so good and he scored a bunch of goals against Atalanta in the last match day, how do you find room for him and Firmino and Salah and Mane on the field at the same time? And I feel like they're still trying to work out what the best movement and rhythm is between those four players if you want to get them all out on the field. I don't know if Firmino's going to have to make way. He made way last time they played against Atalanta, which would be a shame given how well he played against Leicester. And then if Salah does come back into the team, like who plays the 10 spot, really? I think it'll be Firmino makes, makes the most sense. But uh, I mean, they, it's, it's, it's a great problem to have. It, it's, it must be nice to be a Liverpool supporter at the moment.
1: Yeah, it must be very nice. I mean, you know, I'm sure Klopp also has an eye on the weekend. They do have the early game away at Brighton. Granted, Brighton, with all due respect, but it is the early game, so that you know, uh, turnaround of matches can be tricky. But we all see. Well, you both of you see a win for Liverpool. I'll try and be an optimistic for Atalanta. Maybe they get a point. Ajax, Michelin. When Ajax faced Michelin, travelled to Michelin, they literally had like three people. The water boy. They had <laughs> nobody. There was a big, big issue, obviously, with COVID, uh, but they still got that very emphatic win. Now they're a little bit stronger. Uh, Tadic, of course, is back. Um, Neres as well. You would think that Ajax should take care of business against the Michelin side who's very brave, very resilient, but without wins. What What do you see here, James Bench?
3: Um, I just see this kid, Anders who has been... You know, I, I mean, I remember talking to you at the start of the the whole group stage, and you just done a big piece on Mitchell. And it was like, it's so great to have you here. Don't get your hopes up. You're not <laughs> winning anything. You know, if you get a point, you've done really well. Um, and that has totally been true, even though I think they may be being better than the results suggest. Anders Dre is a really good player. I think he's someone that, you know, if I was a team in Syria or any of the top five leagues, I'd be looking at this guy going, you know, playing off the right, cutting in onto his left foot. He was giving Liverpool all sorts of problems. I loved his goal against Ajax. Um, I think because this is sort of one of those games where you just sort of look at it and you say, actually, a full-strength Ajax are going to kind of steamroll it. I just want to keep an eye out for some, for some interesting players. And I really like Dreher. One to keep an eye on. And, um, I, I mean, I know Mitchell and are, are well, well-financed enough that they can sort of demand a high price or who knows maybe just goes to brentford anyway
2: um
3: but you know this guy's really good and i think we may be hearing a lot more about him in the coming months and years
1: yeah so as we look at that group if liverpool win you know they get those 12 points secure their knockout stage position if ajax indeed in michelin which you would think that would happen then they stay second and then all to play for really for at least second uh, and third for match day five when we come back We will wrap up the rest of Wednesday's action, including another Premier League side, Manchester City, who are probably looking to, you know, do a little bit better than their game against Tottenham. We'll be right back after this.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Before James Bench runs away to do some PS5 Spider-Man action, (laughs) let's keep rolling here. And we talk about now Group A. Group A, the defending champion of the Champions League, Bayern Munich. This is a good game. A good game, Jimmy Conrad. We talked about it, obviously, from a betting standard. Bayern Munich against RB Salzburg. Is there any way that Salzburg can get anything, even though they lost 6-2 last time around?
2: No. Um as, you, as, as, can I Can I just re-quote uh, Benj from before? Not uh, chance. Mm-hmm. I, I love Salzburg. I love, love what Jesse Marsh is doing, like I said a little bit earlier in the podcast. I love that his teams go for it. And they try to go toe-to-toe with teams. And I think they learn a lot about themselves and how to get better. So I like that mindset, but I just think Bayern Munich has way too much class. I know that they're missing some players. Alfonso Davies is out. Uh, Lucas Hernandez also got out. So they don't have all of us going out wide left and they're, you know, makeshifting it, but, when you have teams of that quality, other players slot in. Javi Martinez has been dropping in, and I know that Werder Bremen tried to expose his speed a little bit, but I think they'll protect him a little bit, maybe not play as high of a line. Manuel Neuer will probably stand on his head and make some saves, as he does. He's been very good and in fine form. Uh, I, I like Salzburg. They got some special players. I don't know if Pats Daka, who they're number nine, I think he's hurt still, which is a big loss for them because he really creates some unpredictability up top. But, uh, yeah, Bayern's got, got way too much. And the, and the one thing I think that we need to take into consideration, and you mentioned it right before the break, is that Bayern Munich, Liverpool, and Manchester City are all on nine points. If they win this game in match day four, they're going to win their groups. And, and that's going to allow them to really take it easy on match day five and match day six. And, and that's super important given how congested the schedule is. So I really think a lot of these teams are going to go for it here, try to get the win, and then be able to rest for the next two weeks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And James, if if Bayern win on Wednesday, uh, aside from winning the group, then they can really relax and rotate, especially because the next one up is they have to visit Atletico Madrid. And if they don't do something against Moscow, of course, you know, things get very tricky. But again, uh, I think we can all agree, James, Bayern Munich has taken this one.
3: Yeah, I really liked what Salzburg did for about 80 minutes. And um, I think that maybe they could just be
1: difficult for 90, but
3: you know, they'll earn the right to lose 3-1 then.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they have, you know, they have some, re- I mean, Dominic slide they have some Dominic. really, course, really great players. Uh, but yeah, we don't see anything else other than that. And I guess, what about Atletico Madrid, everybody? Uh, James, let's begin with you. They just, uh, you know, uh, earned a historic win against Barcelona. They're now uh, at home to Lokomotiv Moscow. They're not out of the woods by any means. They only have four points, so they really need this victory. Um, How do you see this one, especially after the joy that happened last weekend? Would there maybe be a little bit of a hangover here? How do you see it?
3: Well, see, I only have questions about Atletico Madrid. I feel like I have no answers. They In La Liga, they're brilliant. And in this competition, I mean, they've been pretty pretty abysmal by their own standards i mean i know they've got 4 points and they're almost certainly going to get out of the group but we always knew they were going to get out of the group and i think they've conceded more more goals like five more goals in in the champions league than in um, than in la liga
1: yeah they've conceded seven goals in the champions league only scored four seven goals to concede yeah. in the champions league they is were, quite a lot
3: yeah they were poor again away to moscow i just I'm, yeah i'm i I'm just not convinced by them but up to their own standards. Um, I mean, that you know. having said that, this is another one of those games where you just think they kind of really need to turn up and play at 80% to get the three points, and that's all that really matters. But I'm underwhelmed by Atleti and the Champions League, and to be honest, I haven't seen as much as I'd have liked of them in La Liga, so this is kind of where I'm forming my opinions. And ultimately it's where their season is going to be defined. probably.
1: Yeah. And from that opinion to an Atleti fan who obviously uh, also is a very realistic one though. Uh, w- w- how do you see this one, uh, Jimmy? Because after this one, uh, uh, here comes Bayern Munich. So h- how do you see this game?
2: Well, I think it's very important for them to get the full three points. I think they realize that because they don't want to leave it to chance, let's say against Bayern Munich, even though we could argue that if Bayern does win today and we expect them to do so, I don't think they're going to bring a hundred percent full squad uh, to Madrid to take them on. So Atleti could benefit from that and probably will moving forward. I'm going to take a little bit of the shine off the win against Barcelona. Yes, it was historic. The first time that Diego Simeone's ever beat Barcelona in La Liga. Barcelona had some chances. They had some decent chances and, you know, at did what they have to do. I think uh, it's been trademarked, I think, around the world that one zero win is a Diego Simi- Simeone type win. So, so they know how to kind of grind out results. You just hope that they kind of play above and don't play to the level of their competition today i think that's the biggest issue but the, the emergence of joao felix he's been fantastic in both competitions angel correa the number 10 is really starting to emerge as one of the guys that, that joao really likes to combine with and if, as long as they stay close together then i think that'll allow llorente and carrasco to really join in as well and maybe get the the, the, the more of the outside backs into the attack i think that's part of the problem I've still always kind of referenced the, the RB Leipzig loss in the champions league uh, quarterfinals last year where RB Leipzig just played them off the park and really Diego Simeone got outmanaged by Julian Nagelsmann. And and I think he's learning from that. He's got to find that blend of not being too defensive and allowing his talented players to actually showcase their talent. And I think we're seeing a nice mix of that. Luis Suarez is going to be out. Unfortunately, Lucas Torreira is going to be out as well, but uh, I still think that they're going to have enough to get past locomotive and they need to, if they really want to, get into the knockout rounds, uh, they have to win this game.
1: Yeah, and I think from a mental perspective, to get another victory without Luis Suarez is also nothing but a good thing. Let's wrap up now with Group C. We talked about Liverpool. We talked about Bayern Munich. Jimmy, of course, mentioned as well, uh, you know, these teams with nine points, they, they win and they qualify and they win their group. Man City, who's you know, uh, loss against Tottenham can be at least, you know, uh, healed at least temporarily if they get this victory and secure their place in the knockout stages and can fully focus in the Premier League, at least for the rest of 2020. James Bench, Manchester City leading that group with nine points. Porto with six. Olympiacos, who they're playing on Wednesday with three. Marseille with zero. How do you see this game? Man City surely will take care of business so they can fully focus uh, in their domestic endeavors, right?
3: Um, yeah, and I mean, Pep Guardiola always comes across as someone that's a bit OCD. So maybe like me, he will appreciate the symmetry of having 12 points in the Champions League and 12 points in the Premier League. Because <laughs> um, things are going bit, You know what it is? I think this competition suits City a lot more because it lacks the intensity and City lack intensity right now. There was no evidence of a press. Um, this is a Pep Guardiola team Against Tottenham Hotspur, they did not press. Uh, it was—it's a bit mind-boggling, um, and I think that that sort of suits the group stages of the Champions League because you are just coming up against teams you don't really need to hit with the same intensity that you do a, a top-tier Premier League opponent. And let's be honest, this is a group full of mid-table Premier League teams at best. Um, yeah, I, I, this will be pretty comfortable. I think they've left Kevin De Bruyne behind, which suggests that they kind of know that even if they don't win the group this week. They'll win it the week after or the week after. Um, there's just a lot that, that kind of doesn't quite convince. And I know that feels weird when they've won all their games 3-0 or 3-whatever in the group stages. But um, it doesn't feel like it's clicking right now. You, of course, you still offer Guardiola a, a new contract because your whole club philosophy has been about getting this manager and seeing what he can achieve. But it's, a, it's all a bit boring. Even when they win 3-0, it's like a kind of incredibly tedious romp to victory. Um, sorry that I can't muster more enthusiasm for about- <laughs> used to, you know, I and everyone else in the world used to adore watching, but right now it's kind of like watching paint dry.
1: Yeah, I don't think you'll be invited to any Man City watch
2: party anytime <laughs> yeah, <I was>
1: gonna- <laughs> soon, but that's okay, I guess, because watching paint dry on television, who wants to see that? But I think you make a very good point. Uh, Uh, James makes a good point, Jimmy, about Man City, which is not so much about the group stage journey, but it's what they do after that. And that's where they really, you know, that lack of fire really uh, affects them. Uh, But mentally, uh, definitely like people like Gabriel Jesus and Sergio Aguero can gain some confidence if they score a few goals in this one. How do you see it? Uh, They'll take it home, right? These three points.
2: Yeah, no question. I think just to start with Olympiacos, they're without two of their best attacking players in Valbuena and El Arabi. Uh, that in itself is going to be a, a tall order, I think. Even uh, even if they were healthy, it was going to be a tall order. So yeah, I, I, this is pretty much one-way traffic I think for Manchester City. If you guys are interested in watching paint dry and 85% possession for a team, this is the game to watch. But I do think that the 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 return of Sergio Aguero, I think, will come back into the number nine spot. Raheem Sterling should come back into the team. So even without Kevin De Bruyne, they got some guys that really, they, they need minutes. And this is a great game for them to get minutes and get sharp again. And when I look at Man City's schedule, it's a good time for them to really kind of get back on track domestically as well and to use these Champions League games as a way to make that happen. They got Olympiacos. They played Burnley at home. They got Porto away. Uh, if they win this, though, they're probably going to send a much different squad. They got Fulham at home. They got Marseille at home. And then they go and finally have the Manchester Derby uh, in a couple of weeks. So this is a good time for them to kind of really start to regain that form and that urgency and desire that uh, Benj was d- the discussing that they didn't have because there is, I agree, and it's pretty evident to see there's a bit of a malaise that's, that's kind of entered the team. And sometimes I liken it to you know when a national team coach stays on too long? Like we're seeing it with Yogi Love now and just to kind of get into the international game, like the German players just don't seem to respond to him in the same way. And I just feel like he's maybe been around too long and they need a new voice and something fresh. And maybe that's where City is now. But I feel like they gave him that deal so that Messi would come next summer. So I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, future future uh, plans with regard to why they did that. That's and exactly we, what happened.
1: That contract arrived with a little mini Messi. Uh, right? <laughs> uh,
3: Absolutely. just remember that our boss is a um, City fan. Luis, so uh, we might want to re-record
1: this. <laughs> no, because he's also a Brazil fan, so he has way too many good things going on for himself. So. <laughs> Listen, let's finish off this group, because actually, everybody, I think that this is the game to watch, uh, which is Marseille hosting Porto, and I'll tell you why, and I'm, my very, very much smarter colleagues will uh, hopefully attest to, is the fact that ADB, Andre Villas-Boas, you know, they haven't gotten one win, Marseille, all losses. They haven't scored. So much talent, so much creativity. And now they, they need to win this game. And they're hosting Porto, who's in second right now with six points. Jimmy, you're wearing the shirt. You know all too well about this team. We've talked about it extensively. How badly does Marseille need this, not just for the Champions League, but just for their season?
2: It's pride. We're just talking about simple pride. These players need to go out there and just perform. I don't think that they're really gelling well with their manager, Andres Villas-Boas. I think he puts them in very defensive mindset. One, I think verbally he's telling them the team shape that they work on. It's always like four, five, one, or five, four, one. And he's not like he handcuffs his attacking players and they have some really talented ones in Benedetto, uh, Tovan. uh, Sanson can obviously join the attack. You got Dimitri Pai. I mean, they got guys and it's frustrating to watch as a Marseille supporter just us being kind of listless, almost Manchester City-like. Like, hey, when are you guys going to start to play? And so I think there's going to be some urgency here. I think that they're playing at home and they know if they, let's just, they're not getting in the, the, the top two, right? So for them, it's like, how can we get third and try to get into the Europa League and maybe go on a run from there? That has to be the goal, but it starts here against Porto who slapped them around a match day, 3-3-0. Three, three, they give up a couple early goals and never really found their footing. They need to be in this right from the get-go. They need to really put the pressure on porto and let them know it's going to be a long game here in france this time around but if they just drop back and let porto do what they want it's just going to be i don't know what's going to happen ultimately the end result but it's not going to be pretty to watch and i just think marseille has more talent than that maybe that manager believes that they do and he needs to release the hounds as i like to say and let them just go for just go for it just play with some conviction you know and and i think that in itself would kind of get the 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 supporter base a lot more excited about this marseille team
1: And, you know, what's really funny is that Marseille, the city itself, I know it well, it's like it's anything but quiet. It's anything but like in your face. A very proud fan base, very loud, and they're very, very hungry for just you know action. And it's funny that their team doesn't replicate that. James Bench, you know Avb well from obviously the, his days uh, in the Premier League. What, what do you make of his career? He's still a very young manager with actually quite an interesting resume. But uh, to Jimmy's point, he's kind of boring. Like there's no there's no oomph. Like and I, sadly that's what we are seeing from Marseille.
3: I think. Well, so so obviously, you know, working on these Champions League nights, quite often the first thing I see before the highlights is Avb's post-match press conference, and I mean, you know, as Jimmy was alluding to, talk about talking a team down. You know, looking at the squad list, this is, you know, it, it's not a team that has anything to fear from Porto or Olympiakos. This is clearly the equal of those on paper, at least, and. I think this thing with Avb is he he does have this unique ability to make a rod for his own back, to be a little bit just clumsy in messaging, and I don't think you know I don't think every manager quite appreciates how much this this all creates an atmosphere. It you know it creates an atmosphere with supporters who you know this is the purpose of press conferences is to get your message out to your supporters, and if your message is I don't think the team's very good, well. You know, that's you're on a hiding to nothing. It, you can't sack a whole team. <laughs> Avb, you're the one that will lose your job. Um Yeah, I, I wonder again. Going back to what you were saying, is this? You know, are they missing the fans at the Velodrome more than other clubs are missing? But then Porto at, at the Dragao and um, Olympiakos, they've both got these grounds where, it, you know, it is bouncing. It's a huge weapon for them. So I don't particularly see why Marseille uh, should be any worse off. It's it's just got to that stage for me with ABB where he he seems to be more of a, a negative than a positive. I still think he's an interesting coach. Um he's just it's been a lot of times where he's he's been interesting. And I've thought, oh, he's nearly there. He's had a long time when he's been nearly there, young as he still may be. He's he's had Spurs, he's had Chelsea, and now Marseille, where he kind of you want to give him the chance, but he's kind of not really grasped it.
1: Yeah, I was thinking exactly what you said about you know if there are teams that are really missing their fans at home, it's per- probably Marseille. But you know in Liga, they still have two games in hand in sixth place. It's just I don't know they're they're they're, they're such a force, but they're a quiet force right now, Jimmy. I think. Uh, but I think this is the game to watch, definitely from a betting perspective. It's part of your parlay, right?
2: It is part of my parlay. I have Marseille winning this game just for the reasons that I mentioned. Like at some point, this team has to do something. They have to show themselves. Otherwise, I think you fire AVB. Like he's seen all three teams in this group game, right? They've had three match days. They've played every single person. And if they cannot score a goal after three games and there's no adjustments and there's no improvement in terms of the team and how they're moving in the team shape after having those experiences already against everybody else in the group, then you got to fire that guy. Like just, he's got to go. Like he's clearly not, making a difference to the team they're not responding to any of his tactics so so that's where I'm, I'm a little emotional I think you guys can tell it's just frustrating to see a team that has the talent that they have have to get handcuffed in this way but I do think that there's going to be some pride I hope that the players do step up and respond and just go and play with some fun really just have some smiles on their faces and get after it and try to just score that first goal if they can score that first goal I think that will kind of unlock a little, a little bit of emotion and belief and I think they'll go on to win the game. And I think they're, if they win and then Inter Milan beat Real Madrid, that's my parlay. That's plus 513. That's a, it's a bit of a flyer, but I think it's more than possible.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, there it is. Wednesday's action brought to you by the amazing James Bench and the amazing Jimmy Conrad and James Bench will play the amazing Spider-Man very, very soon as well. See how I did there? Do you have the Batman <laughs> game, by the way? Because that's my favorite.
3: I um, love the Batman games. Oh, I'm such a queen. I'm <laughs> such a nerd for these games.
1: Oh, the Batman so game good. is too good. It's too good. Hey, fellas, thank you so much. Enjoy the Champions League, and we will see you very, very soon thank Jimmy Conrad and James Bench for joining me today. Please, if you're listening to this on CBSSports.com, you can also listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your pods. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter on Pod. Enjoy the games, and we will see you
0: next time. Okay, picture this.